Good morning, you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on Community Radio 2XXFM 98.3. I'm Jennifer Thompson, sitting in for Kim Vella. Today we're talking ACT budget and more specifically an increase in the number of psychologists in our schools. To help us explore this issue, we are joined by Glenn Fowler, ACT Branch Secretary of the Australian Education Union, and Eleanor Sortel, a school psychologist. Welcome, Glenn and Eleanor. Thank you. Thanks. Now, many of us recall the story of a boy living with autism being locked in a cage at a Canberra primary school in 2015. This led to recommendations by a panel of experts on students with complex needs and challenging behaviours. These recommendations included increasing the numbers of psychologists and counsellors in schools. Then in 2016, the Australian Education Union called on the ACT government to increase the number of psychologists in Canberra schools uh, by 34 to meet a ratio of one school psychologist to every 500 students. Now, Glenn, if I can start with you, why do we need psychologists in our schools? Well, our members tell us all the time that school psychologists make a huge difference in schools. Um, it's the work they do with the students, it's the connections they form with the families, and it's the expert advice that they're able to give to teachers in order to meet individual learning needs. So there's a, there's a range of roles that they play in a school, but we have extremely strong support across the profession for um, an enhanced provision of school psychologists, and we have for some time. So the AU has been campaigning for years about getting that ratio to 1 to 500. Um, that's on the back of a New South Wales coroner's report from 2009 after a teen suicide that recommended that that's the sort of ratio that is appropriate provision. Um, so uh, the, the report by Tony Shattuck that arose out of the incident that you mentioned um, just gave extra impetus to this campaign because it did use the figure 1 to 500. We were able to get support from various psychological societies and also many community organisations. We published an open letter in the newspaper calling on the government to honour that recommendation from the report and we were really pleased to see um, at least two of the three parties in the recent ACT election take that very seriously and ultimately we got a very good outcome. So um, Eleanor, if I can ask you from, from where you sit as a psychologist, um, what does this number look like to you? What does it mean to you that this ratio of 1 to 500? Uh, well, uh, we're really busy. So at the moment we have psychologists in um, every school in the ACT for some part of the week and we're flat out. As a psychologist we work um, on a whole range of issues. So we support kids with learning needs, with complex behaviour, right through to um, complex mental health difficulties. And we're really flat out and um, a lot of the, the work that we're doing gets caught up responding to um, the kind of more critical end or incidents that are kind of popping up as we go. And we, we tend to not have as much time as we'd like to spend in early intervention and um, kind of supporting teachers and whole school sort of processes. So I think having more time will mean that we're able to catch um, issues earlier and support, support more students and families. Okay, so if we're looking to work towards this ratio of 1 to 500, what has it been historically? What have the ratios been? So um, we, when we started this campaign, we were looking at a ratio of more than 1 to 750. Um, so we have an, um, numbers of school psychologists in the low 50s. We know that we need um, mid-80s in terms of numbers to get us to that sort of ratio. And that 
equates coincidentally to about one per school because there's 87 public schools in the ACT. So however you, you break it down, we thought, we have argued and continue to argue that we should have that number of school psychologists in, in the, the mid to high 80s and that's why we were looking at increasing from the low 50s by 34 now, we did have um, the Greens make some very positive noises around election time, but uh, in the end it was Labor's um, promise of 20 school psychologists over four years over their term of government that um, was something that uh, was vindication for our long campaign. Um, we see in this budget five positions funded and we expect another 15 in this term of government. So that'll take us up to a ratio... Um, I haven't exactly crunched the numbers, but it must be around 1 to 600, so we're well on the way. Now, why is this issue so important to the Australian Education Union? What are you hearing from teachers? Well, from the perspective of our school psychologists, we hear that they are um, overworked, that they are asked to turn up at a number of schools during the week to be involved in referrals, as Eleanor said, that critical end, assessments, almost like an emergency department. Thank God you're here. Uh, we've got all these things for you to look at. Without the time to actually build the connections and to know properly the communities in schools. You know, if you're working across a number of schools, it's just not the, the, the sort of profound work that people want to be engaged in that gives them satisfaction and also where they feel they can make a difference. Now, we do have also school psychologists working as part of a of a, a network student engagement model or the NSET teams as they're called so they, they do respond to various things that occur around the system but we've always argued that that needs to be supplemented by greater numbers of school psychologists in schools on the ground um, building those connections so uh, from that's from the school psychologists end from, from the teachers and educators in schools and principals they are telling us repeatedly that this is such a valuable resource um, that, that teachers don't feel equipped to deal with a lot of the things that they see and they rely very heavily on the expert advice of school psychologists they're just such a valuable resource and, and we, for, for all the things we talk about in our decision making bodies this is one where we get universal agreement that this makes a huge difference and that's why we've campaigned so hard and it was very gratifying to, to, um, to get the outcome that we got in the ACT election. It's sounding like that it's reaching for some people almost like a crisis point you know, of calling out for help for teachers and needing more, more support. Is this because there's um, more calls for this kind of thing in our schools or what's changing? That's a really interesting question and um, the most recent things that I've read indicate that the rates of mental health difficulties in our young people are not necessarily changing. However, the rates of young people seeking support are definitely increasing. So a recent study um, identified about one in seven uh, children and young people from four to 17 in the ACT will be diagnosed um, with a mental health disorder, so that's at the more extreme end. And of those, about 50% are accessing support um, or asking for support at school. So that's quite a big number. So in a way, that's a great thing that kids are feeling like they can ask for help. Um, and then I guess there's that expectation and a hope then that if they are able to reach out, then that help is there. Um, but I guess I'm also thinking about the conversations around inclusion um, and schools, you know, with with kids who are living with, with various challenges um, to still be 
a part of the community, the, the public school community. Uh, has that been changing over the years? So the AEU are great supporters of inclusion and we absolutely now see um, school uh, students anchored in their schools much more regularly. Um, we think there's still a place for alternative programs and alternative settings, but where possible, we're big supporters of inclusion. So yes, you have kids with all sorts of needs, um, complex needs, challenging behaviours in the school, and there, there have to be professionals there for them. So um, when we hear about kids that are um, only seeing a school psychologist at their site for one or two days a week, which has been the case, and then accessing private providers because they don't feel that the need can be met at the school. That, to us, is a signal that there needs to be greater provision. We think that the support for kids should be in school. And um, and so that's why we've, we've obviously campaigned for this number. That seems to, sounds to me like there is a real uh, commitment to seeing schooling in a holistic uh, view more than simply teaching you know, the math, the English, but um, a, a assisting a child's well-being th throughout their school life. Is that fair to say? Well, ki kids come to us with all sorts of needs, but we want them to be in their school for as long as possible. We want them to be, be in their school for as much of the week as possible and ideally the whole week. So it's about the level of support that we can provide at the school and this is just a key part of the picture. And what we know is that um, if if we're not supporting students' wellbeing um, and managing their behaviour and their um, and kids with more complex needs, they're not in a position to be learning anyway. So schools need to be focused around getting that wellbeing piece right first because then the curriculum can happen and that's a big part of what we do as school psychologists, support schools to support students to become ready to learn. Is there a difference in psychologist numbers in public schools to non-public schools? Look, I don't actually know the answer to that. Um, we don't benchmark ourselves against private schools, but I, I, I would expect, um, I, my, my hunch would be that there would no, be no problem in private schools having those sorts of resources. We, we actually um, track pretty well in terms of this ratio compared to the rest of the country. And in, in, in some instances during this journey, we've had that thrown back at us. Well, what, what's it like nationally? Well, we, we want to be um, the best, most supportive system in Australia. We should, we should have high expectations of what we can deliver. We were talking about a modest investment to get to those sorts of uh, numbers, that ratio that will make a huge difference for kids. And uh, we're getting there. We're getting, we're getting much closer to that. So if we, you know, we want to be a lighthouse system for Australia and this is one way we can do it. Is it too much of a stretch to, to think that one day you know, it would be great to have a counsellor or a psychologist in every school full-time as, you know, as one of the staff members there? I don't think that's a stretch. I think that's a great idea. And, and it's very achievable, particularly in a system like ours. Um, we're not talking about a, a huge expenditure to be, to be able to achieve that. So we, we do think uh, that ideally we would end up with a full-time school psychologist in every school. Um, uh, and, and uh, you know, we take a similar view about teacher librarians. Um, we, we think there are there there is a range of roles that all children and young people should benefit from. And uh, doesn't doesn't matter which school you go to. It shouldn't matter who, who makes what decision. Um, some of these things should be a guaranteed part of a, of a child's schooling. 
You're listening to Subject ACT. My name is Jennifer Thompson and it's time for some music. The song we're going to hear is called Recognised by Dr Stovepipe. Ever since I was a baby I've been destined for great things I used to laugh at my teachings When they told me that I couldn't sing And I dreamt much more than I ever worked And the years they rolled on by know it hurt me, I wasn't famous at 30, but I'll get there before I die, cause I'm just waiting to be recognized, I believe it's just a matter of time, I'm gonna leave all the squalor behind, the moment that I'm recognized. Let's not argue over talent or skill It's obvious I've got them both All I need is a little more confidence And a wallet that ain't so broke Cause I've had troubles, I've seen hard times People try to hold me back They're just jealous of my future top sellers And the fact I got a dynamite act Cause I'm just waiting to be recognized I believe it's just a matter of time I'm gonna leave all the squalor behind
that was recognised by a wonderful local band, Dr Stovepipe. You're listening to TWX FM 98.3 and the program is Subject ACT. Today we're discussing the number of psychologists in our schools with Glenn Fowler, ACT Branch Secretary of the Australian Education Union and Eleanor Sortel, a school psychologist. Now, the ACT Education Minister, Yvette Berry, has announced there will be five extra school psychologists introduced to Canberra's public school system per year over the next four years, with $2.36 million set aside in today's budget for the first five school psychologists. So, Glenn, this is, a, this is getting us towards that 1 to 500 ratio? Yeah, it is. So, um, you know, by the end of this term of government, we expect to see um, 70-something psychologists and and you know it would be great eventually to get to 87 um, but you know we're, we're getting there and that's going to make a significant difference so the quicker we can get those school psychologists on the ground the better Minister Berry said in a statement, and I quote, these psychologists will be allocated to the areas of greatest need end quote what are these areas of greatest need mentioned here? Uh, I'm not really sure exactly what the Minister was referring to, but I think however the school psychologists are allocated, um, it will be about how we can work more um, in a kind of proactive way rather than just being tied up responding to crises, which we're um, caught up doing a lot in schools. What are some of these um, crises that you mentioned? Are there common issues across the board or are they extremely individualised? Certainly it depends um, which setting you're working in. So our uh, as psychologists, we work from our early childhood schools right through to um, high schools and colleges. So the kind of work we're doing in those different settings um, can be a bit different. But things like highly distressed young people with um, mental health difficulties or um, kids with quite complex needs and challenging behaviour or some kids who might not be attending school at all and trying to work out how we can facilitate their return. Jennifer, we've got yeah. real, real confidence that these um, psychologists will be deployed, deployed um, to the areas of greatest need. Um, obviously, those in the directorate um, will be pretty chuffed at having these extra resources and will have ideas about where they can be deployed. What do you think the impact will be for um, the families of uh, these children uh, with, the, with an increased number of psychologists? I think it will be fantastic. Um, just yesterday I was talking to a family who um, was going to have to wait because I've got a wait list at the school that I work at and I think if we have more resources available then families will be able to get the support that they need sooner. Yvette Berry goes on to say these psychologists will, and I quote again, respond to our growing awareness of the need for a proactive approach to mental health and student wellbeing in our schools. Uh, you mentioned also, Eleanor, these proactive approaches. What are some of these proactive approaches mentioned here? Well, some of the things that we do as psychologists um, is work with classroom teachers and also with schools looking at um, the programs that they're implementing in their classroom, how they're identifying kids with difficulties earlier um, and the thing, uh, you know, things like running social-emotional learning programs. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing I had in mind. In what ways do you think our community uh, and government's awareness of this approach has grown? Look, I think there's a much greater awareness of mental health in the community and uh, I think that nobody begrudges extra psychological assistance for um, students who are exhibiting mental health issues. Um, 
you know, there, there's there are um, Eleanor's spoken about the the curriculum delivery will look after itself if we can address the well-being of students, and that's exactly the issue here. For for, for too many years, we've had um, students struggling against things that people didn't properly understand, and we were sort of people scratching their heads about why they weren't learning fast enough. We need to um, create the conditions for all young people under which they can learn and, and reach their potential. This is just part of the suite of supports that we need in schools, public schools, which proudly take all comers. We have students from all backgrounds with all sorts of histories and all sorts of issues and we want the resources in place to be able to address all of their individual learning needs. You know, for 50 years ago, we didn't. Lessons were just pitched at the middle. Some kids picked them up. Other kids, um, you know, wallowed and were, were unable to to make the most of what they had. Um, now we expect that kids will have their learning differentiated, that they will be supported in individual ways. That can't be done on the smell of an oily rag. It requires resources. We're, we're um, uh, a very prosperous city and we should be able to provide what we see as basic resources to all students. We don't apologise for any of it and we'll continue to argue for greater um, provision of school psychologists in our system. Um, what are the challenges do you think we as a community still have in regards to an inclusive and, sta and safe education environment? I think there's still um, quite a lot of stigma around uh, mental health difficulties in particular, but also around students uh, who, for various reasons, including students with a disability who might be presenting with um, quite challenging behaviour. And um, it really is a tough gig in trying to keep everybody safe, meet everybody's needs and keep people learning. And I think the complexities of that are not to, meet, not to be underestimated. So I think we've got a way to go in um, understanding behaviour, understanding where it's coming from, understanding mental health, but also, as Glenn mentioned, putting the resources in to being able to support our schools, to support our students with those difficulties. So Eleanor, what are some of the, um, some of the children that pop into your mind uh, during your time in psychologist? What are some of, the, what are some of the, the great things that you've been seeing, some of the great changes that you've seen made possible by having a psychologist in a school? Oh, there's lots. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, probably my favourite area to work, and this is just me speaking, speaking personally, my favourite area to work with is kids who um, have experienced uh, learning difficulties. And it really is... Um, a challenge to work out what it is that's holding them back from being access, being able to access the learning in the way that their peers do. So, um, and often what comes along with a learning difficulty are associated mental health difficulties as well. Kids become quite anxious when they um, can't access the learning that the other kids are accessing in the classroom with the best intentions of the classroom teacher. Sometimes we just need more information. So some of my greatest success stories have been working with a young person through assessment and some, some counselling intervention to identify what's going on with their learning. So diagnosing something like dyslexia and then working with the classroom teacher and the family to get the supports in place so that that student can um, kind of build on their learning and engage more fully in the classroom. It's really rewarding. And so what are some of the um, changes you've, you've seen with families then having that kind of support? 
Well, often families um, actually just feel very relieved um, to have support, to know that they're not in this alone and to have someone who can help them muddle through often what is quite a complex um, sort of little person with lots of difficulties and maybe some challenging behaviour that's popping up at home as well as at school. Um, so families normally are very relieved to have, have some support and a lot of what we do as school psychologists too is connect families up with the appropriate um, kind of community agencies or paediatricians so that they can, um, if we can't manage it at school or in addition to what we're doing at school, they're getting the support they need outside of school and that's really helpful. As a school psychologist, are you expected to be able to work with children of all age groups? Does there tend to be uh, more one particular age group more than others that, that seek more, need more help? I would just say that the, what students need differs across kind of the age range. So we have psychologists in every school. Our psych psychologists work across settings. So, um, you know, one psychologist might be working a couple of days in an early childhood school and a couple of days in a high school. Um, I would say all of us would have a preference for the age group that we prefer to work with, but we're all skilled to work kind of across the school range and, um, with the, the budget that's just um, being handed out now, what else is the Australian Education Union looking at within that budget? So we were pretty um, visible with our pledge um, around election time and we asked for six things. Um, some of them, a couple of them are intangible, but um, others involved um, direct appeals for resourcing. Um, one of them has obviously been around the school psychologists, but there was also, we understand, will be money to continue our workload reduction project, which has been going for two years now. So that is the equivalent of 500 to 900 hours <coughs> of administrative support in schools to ensure that teachers are doing teacher work only um, and, and not doing administrative work. So that's been rolling out over the last two years and terrific to see that that funding will continue to, to continue to make that a reality. It would be unthinkable to go back to the old days. Um, we've also, we are also expecting um, significant investment in infrastructure in 21st century learning environments and we campaigned heavily on that as well. We've asked that there be a priority on heating and cooling solutions because they directly relate to um, students learning and, and teachers working conditions and uh, and we um, I haven't had the detail yet I'm being briefed tomorrow on exactly what the, the budget has for us but I anticipate that there will be some heating and cooling work going on somewhere in the system uh, we just have to keep ticking that box in successive budgets to ensure that very very promptly we arrive at a at a, at a point where um, temperature is not an issue in students learning. Well, Glenn Fowler and Eleanor Sortel, thank you so much for your time and coming in to 2XX this morning. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. That concludes our program for today. Join us each weekday, 8.30 till 9am on 2XXFM 98.3, subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen or catch up on our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash subject ACT and stay in touch via Facebook and Twitter. And please remember, community radio needs you, so support this station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au. Stay tuned tuned for more people powered radio i'm jennifer thompson have a great day